Hello, just before the podcast starts, I want to make a quick apology. While I was editing the podcast, I realised that actually my cold was slightly worse than I thought it was, so in advance I just want to apologise for the speech quality, the coughing and sneezing if there is any, and for the slightly poor recording quality. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoy it anyway. Hello, I'm Stuart Astor. Welcome to another Strategy and Evidence podcast from braincaffeine.net. Today, I'm doing the second part of the podcast that I started last time, which is about rational ignorance and cost-benefit analysis. And there's probably going to be a third part as well, so keep tuned for that. Um, Today, I've actually got quite a lot of notes because there's a a lot of things to cover and I wanted to make sure that I got them all in the right order and didn't miss anything out. So I'm going to be a little bit less diverted uh, probably than usual, but I will still try to do some interesting diversions anyway. Uh, But in this case, I think I really wanted to cover most of what was important. So uh, cost-benefit analysis is the topic of today's podcast. I'm not going to tell you everything about it because that would basically take forever. There's lots of resources on the internet but I just warn you to be a little bit careful because it's my view that quite a few of these resources take you into some very technical areas whereas I think the understanding of cost-benefit analysis, what it can do and what it can't do is actually really important but sometimes the technical things uh, tend to get a little bit complicated and also I think they pull people off in the wrong direction because there's a tendency to want to monetize and put things into numbers that aren't really appropriate for numbers um, in order that people can justify really to be honest what they want to do in the first place so I've got a little bit of an interesting uh, attitude and angle to cost benefit analysis but let me take you into it. Okay, so as I said, I'm not going to tell you everything. Um, I'm going to do a very quick what is it and a little bit of why you might want to use it. And then um, I hope that there's going to be a few interesting bits and bobs that might just grab your interest. But remember, it's a bit like a documentary about driving a Formula One car or maybe juggling chainsaws. Um, I'm not suggesting that you do this at home unaccompanied. I think that uh, doing cost-benefit can be dangerous. There's a risk that it takes you into areas and you end up making decisions uh, that are wrong. However, I do think it's really important to understand what cost-benefit does and why you might want to use it and to know enough about it to, to make those decisions. And also, you know, just a way of thinking about things without necessarily going into the technical thing. So first of all, what is it? Well, it's pretty much in the name. Uh, cost-benefit analysis looks at a situation. It talks about the costs of, of doing something and it talks about the benefits and looks at them together and then basically asks the question, is it worth it? Uh, is it worth the cost of something in order to get the benefits out of it? So why might you want to do this? Well, first of all, uh, the reason is it can be upfront. You might want to look at a range of choices or options that you've got and decide if you want to go with one of them rather than the other. And also, importantly, quite often, is whether you want to do something or whether you want to do nothing. And you can look at the costs and benefits of doing uh, something against just leaving things as they are. That's quite an always should be an important part of cost-benefit analysis is the do-nothing scenario. And secondly, uh, as well as doing things up front to make choices, it's really important sometimes to check back after you've done something to see whether it was worthwhile. And really important, I think, is if you can learn anything uh, from that process, uh, importantly, for the next time that you do something, learning is, is really important. Now, one big point about cost-benefit analysis is it's never complete. You can't include everything. You have to think what matters in this situation, what really matters. And if you're interested in looking at a little bit more about how I think about that, you can go to my LinkedIn page, uh, find me at Stuart Astill on LinkedIn, and there's an article about what I call the What Really Matters Onion. And the idea is that you start 
start at the centre of the onion with the things that are very close to you and you go out from each layer of the onion as these things get a little bit further away from your from your real interest. So what really matters is at the heart of the onion. But what you find out is that sometimes there's a layer which is not that close to you and you didn't think it really matters, but because it's so costly or it's got such high implications that you have to think about it a bit more. But just remember, you can't do everything and you never will, so you have to think about what really matters. So let's think about costs. The first obvious bit of cost benefit is looking at the costs. Sounds quite straightforward, but in fact, uh, usually there's two problems. The first one is working out uh, what the areas of cost are and listing those areas of cost, uh, you know, reasonably exhaustively, but to the point that it makes sense. And this is where this links a little bit back to rational ignorance. You've got to be proportionate about this. There's no point spending days or uh, weeks on working out all these things and listing them. You've got to understand what are the most important things. Be proportionate. You know, apply a little bit of those rules that we talked about, rational ignorance previously. But you've got to, to some extent, go down there and work out what are the areas of cost. But then, once you've got those areas, you clearly need to work out what the cost is. So, one of the classic examples that people have tried to apply cost-benefit analysis to is the question, should I vote? What's the cost? Well, the cost of voting looks pretty much like nothing. It doesn't cost you anything to vote. You don't have to pay when you go to vote. But in fact, there are obviously some costs there if you look a bit harder. The classic one is what people call shoe leather costs, which is, you know, taken not literally, but also including the cost of the fact that you've worn your shoes down slightly by walking up the street. The second one is generally your time. It takes time to vote. It takes effort to vote. And uh, that time is of some value to you, even if nobody's actually paying for it, then it's still got another value. Uh, that might be known as opportunity cost. So you could have been working, you could have done some overtime instead of voting, um, or you might have just been doing something that you really enjoy. Uh, and to you, that's worth something that you can't do something that you really enjoy, but you go and vote instead. Maybe, you know, if, if you could have paid someone to go and vote for you and you'd have carried on doing whatever you loved, then that would have been worth it. So you can value your time like that. And finally, uh, is a question of risk. You know, you might get knocked down on your way to the polling station. That's only a potential cost. But nonetheless, uh, there is, you know, some kind of real cost in there of any risks that you might bring into it. Now, they're all sort of slightly strange and rare ideas of what cost may be. Um, and it's clear that it's pretty hard to think of everything if you're going to be really seriously uh, sort of going the full way on this. But even on the easy questions, so let's take, for example, should I make a birthday cake or should I buy a birthday cake? Let's say it's, it's my kid's birthday. Um, much more sensible question, but still, you've got to value your own time in that. Um, it takes a certain amount of time to make that cake, and that's not free in any sense, because you could have at least been doing something else with it. How do you value that? Because you could have been doing something else like working, so how much would you have earned? But aside from the the difficult thing to value, you know, obviously the costs are simple things too. So let's take the birthday cake example. You know, you might ask yourself, is the cost of flour and sugar and icing and eggs and Smarties, is that going to be higher than the actual cost of the cake that you were looking at that you might have bought from the shop? And you might think, well, if the cost of all those ingredients is higher than the cost of the cake in the shop, then you know, why, why would I take that option? And that brings us very neatly over to the other side of the cost-benefit thing, which is the benefits. Won't your cake be nicer? That's the crux of it, isn't it? That's why you make a birthday cake. It's for the benefit of that, even though it might cost a little bit more. But how on earth do you value 
a cake being nicer and set it against the extra monetary cost of the fact that maybe all those great ingredients cost more than buying the cake itself from the shop. And in fact, often benefits are much harder to calculate than costs. If you think that calculating the opportunity cost of your time is hard, thinking about the monetary value of how much nicer your cake is or how much better the world is because of some government programme or because of you know the staff in your organisation being happier because you've done a certain thing within your organisation and therefore they are more productive, valuing those kind of benefits uh, can be really, really difficult. Um, but that's not to say it always is. Sometimes, with some cost-benefit analysis, you can drop that benefit side or altogether. So let's take the idea of uh, contracting out a service. If you're convinced that your, for example, internal IT can do a job just as well as the external IT people, then you may say, well, actually, I don't even have to calculate the benefits side. I know it's equal, so I can just look at the cost. There's other situations where real costs can actually come in, but they're quite straightforward to estimate. So, for example, if I know that my lovely watercolour birthday cards that I sell at the craft fair can sell for £4, but the one that my son does that isn't as good, they only ever sell for £2, then we know what the benefit of our time spent on producing those cards for that business is. The benefit of, of my card is £4 and it's twice the benefit of the ones that my son does that is £2. That is that is truly the value to us. Actually, that's rubbish too because my son is a fantastic artist and I'm absolutely terrible. But there you go, that's, that's the example. Um, and let's take one really interesting example which links to my favourite topic or one of my favourite topics of cognitive bias and behavioural science. And this is what economists call the propensity to pay approach. Uh, now that means that you can work out what the benefits of something are by asking people about what they might be likely to pay for that thing if indeed they had to buy it. And you can then put a value on that thing because they've told you or you do a survey and then you average it out and work out what the cost what people would be likely to pay for that thing you say well if they were likely to pay that much for for the thing then that's what it's worth in some sense that's the benefit of it but there is a well-known bias here there's a bias well there's a couple actually several biases one of them is that people generally overestimate what they would pay for certain things uh, but when the moment comes and they have to put their hand in their pocket or get their wallet out actually uh, experiments have shown that the amount that they are prepared to pay for it is completely different so that's uh, something that economists call the difference between uh, revealed preferences which is what's revealed when you actually have to pay for something and stated preferences which is the answer that you give when somebody asks you a question in theory rather than in reality so there's definitely a bias there and quite often things sound as if they're worth a lot more than they actually are because you're only asking people a theoretical question about what they would pay for something and also there's the other well-known behavior that applies in lots of cases which is that people tend to be generous to people that are doing surveys and asking them questions so if they suspect that your question is about your preferred option then they'll tend to overvalue it to make you happy um, and that does happen quite a lot so there's a danger in doing surveys and always in asking theoretical questions and yet that is a real thing that again has been proved by experiments that people tend to give you the answer that you want to hear if I say how much do you think my work is worth? How much would you pay to listen to this podcast? They'll give me an answer that they think I want to hear. They'll say, oh, it's fantastic. I'd happily subscribe for £5 per podcast because it's so great. Because they know it's just a survey and they know that it's not going to have to put their hand in their pocket. So there's both those things. We tend to have an inbuilt bias to over 
estimate what we would pay, but at the same time we also, even making that worse, is we tend to be generous to people. So there, there are problems with lots of approaches to trying to value the benefits of things. Um, but there are also lots of simple ways to get useful information from cost-benefit analysis. But as I say, it does have lots of traps. If you're interested in this kind of thing, uh, you might want to have a look at the courses that I run, which are listed on strategyandevidence.com, or you might want to get in touch with me to talk to me about what you do in your business or your organisation, and maybe I can help you understand some of these issues. Uh, that's all for now. Thanks very much. Thank you.